listening to the Retirement Remix Show with financial advisors and hosts Chip Munn, that's me, and John Tate of Signature Wealth Group. Get ready for a bite-sized dose of timely and actionable financial planning and retirement tips alongside remixed retirement stories from real people just like you. Listen in now to be inspired, find direction, and build your own retirement remix. John Tate, what's up, man? Chipmun, I have survived until another Friday. That's good to hear. Well, hopefully you and Kristen had a great dinner, finally being able to get out and mask and unmask and actually be out amongst the public. How was it? You know, it was good. It was good. There weren't as many people in the restaurant and it's always different. She and I are both attempting to go through and start the Noom process, which is an app you have on your phone and we're trying to watch what we eat and they're asking us to count calories. And that was just a night where that part of it did not enter into the equation. So we got to have fun making fun of the Noom app and how we were telling it that we were drinking water when we were drinking um, not water. So anyway, and nobody played that note from the orchestra as we walked out the restaurant. So I feel like everything went pretty well. Yeah, I definitely don't diet on my anniversaries or holidays <laughs> or Fridays. You know, you got to celebrate special occasions, man. Fridays with you are a special occasion for me. <laughs> that's right. That's right. What else, right? That's right. So, John, today we're going to talk about Social Security and some of the myths. So, John, when you think about Social Security and myths around that, What's one of the first one that kind of comes to mind for you? I mean, where to begin? One of the ones that is most common when I'm talking to people that are my age and younger, let's say, you know, in their you know, 30s, 40s, and sometimes in their 50s. But yeah, the common statement is, well, Social Security isn't even going to be around by the time that I am eligible to take it. So why do we even bother planning for it? And, you know, it is true that the Social Security system as it stands now does face some challenges. You know, the ratio of current workers to retirees is declining, meaning there's fewer workers paying into the system for every retiree who's drawing money out of it. And, you know, when the program was envisioned in the 1930s, people are living longer. The average expected age of life in the 1930s was, you know, in the 60s. And now the average life expectancy is in the mid 80s, I think. So, you know, things have changed, but the social security system and the way we collect for the benefits and way we pay those out, some of those things have stayed relatively the same. And so, you know, there are obviously changes that need to happen. Have you looked into yourself any of the things that the government could do to make it a better funded, a better run system? There are plenty of things they can do to, I think they call it bending the curve in a lot of circles. They can raise taxes. They can do an income phase out. You know, there's always the question of like, why in the world can Bill Gates and Jeff Bezos eventually collect Social Security? I would be happy if Jeff Bezos would just come back and collect the boxes he and his people keep sending to my house. That may be more of a me problem than an Amazon problem, but it's it's one of those things they can continue to change the age. And that's been the biggest thing, at least of late, is changing the kind of moving that when people can take full retirement out. And there's a lot that goes into that. But you know, the biggest question 
is less about whether or not it's in trouble and more, John, in my mind, who's going to be eligible and when. Yeah, it's made to be a program that funds part of somebody's retirement. I don't think that it has ever been or was ever envisioned as a program that would pay for all parts of someone's retirement spending. And so getting people to understand that all the way along and getting them to save in different ways, save in addition to social security, that is the challenge. And that's what we have to get people to start doing and making sure that you know, like you said, doing things to help the social security program out and raising the tax rate, increasing or doing away with a cap on how much their income can be taxed, et cetera. I mean, those are all things. And that way, when we get to whatever the number is, 2035, we'll have done something to keep the trust fund for the social security program from being depleted and keep this thing going. Because I do think it's an important feature for the majority of workers in the United States to have this program around because, you know, as you know, getting people to save for retirement early enough and often enough is a struggle and getting people to understand the value in that is certainly important. What did I leave out? What did I miss on on that part? Anything? No, John, as usual, you were completely on point. That's one of the things I like most about you is that you're a detailed guy. Yeah. What most people don't know is that fortunately for me, John sends me an itinerary. So I, I know all of the awesome kind of points I need to make sure that he hits on. So we kind of make sure that everything is ready to go ahead of time. You mean this all isn't just ad lib and made up on the spot? I mean, is that, (laughs) you know, uh, I would say 50, 50 (laughs) mine is ad lib and yours is very pointed and detailed. And that's kind of how we roll. But speaking of ad libs, John, you know, one of the things that we've heard talked about is you mentioned earlier, the trust fund, you know, the Social Security Trust Fund. And, you know, it's interesting. Am I right that at one point it was an independent trust fund, but eventually at some point, one of the political parties, somebody moved it into the general fund so that Congress could spend it. Is that right? That is a myth. Nice work. There has really never been any change in the way that the Social Security program is financed or way that payroll taxes are used by the federal government to fund that program. The Social Security Trust Fund was created in, you know, I don't know, back in the 1930s as part of the amendments enacted that year. And there has never been any year or any political party that has been able to place that trust fund into the general fund of the government so that it could be spent in any way that the government sees fit. It has always been the idea that the money collected through the payroll system from the American worker. I mean, this money is the American worker's money, and it is the government's job to protect that and make sure it is there in some way, shape, or form for them when they are ready for it. And so it's important to note that that remains true today. There is no way that the government can come in and spend the money. There may be some confusion around how that money is invested or how the accounting of it is shown on the balance sheet. But there's no way that somebody can wake up one day and decide that they want to spend this money on new roads or new schools or some kind of healthcare reform and, um, and use that money up. So good point. That is a, a myth. Busted. Isn't it a lockbox? <laughs> it could be. Because at one point I heard that it was in a lockbox. <laughs> 
Yeah, I, I don't remember if that was a real thing or just something on Saturday Night Live. Sometimes those things kind of blend together. You know, it's it's funny how politicians, and we won't get too deep into politics, it's funny how uh, they're some of the best marketers in the world, right? They find creative ways to name and, and talk about things that really let you put a handle on a concept and carry it around with you for a good long time. So speaking of myths and political parties, John, which political party started taxing Social Security annuities? I guess if you had to go back and look at when, and we highlighted this a little bit in the last show, that Social Security benefits were not always taxed and that they're, depending on how much you make, that determines how much of the benefit is taxed. But it's important to note that this law, the the law that enabled Social Security benefits to be taxed as income, was signed into law by President Reagan back in the early 80s. And the amendments passed both houses of Congress. It was basically a, a bipartisan vote back when people were able to work together and talk to one another pre-social media, I guess. I don't, I don't want to blame one thing on social media, but I think it only makes that worse. But that is when it happened in the early 80s. And the basic rule was that at that point, up to 50% of Social Security benefits could be added to taxable income if they earn too much. And then in the 90s, I believe that is when the taxation changed again. And they added that, yes, you could still be taxed at 50% of your benefit could still be taxed. But if you made even more, 85% of your benefit could be taxed. And that was a way that the government was kind of getting around not being able to collect as much from income taxes. Whether or not that's the right thing to do, I don't know. That's not uh, an opinion that I have to share today, but that's when it happened. Were you in the room where it happened? I was around. I was alive. I think at that point, I was still watching Saturday morning cartoons and the World Wrestling Federation, maybe, Hulk Hogan, Randy Savage. Oh, yeah. <laughs> well, it's funny. You missed my Hamilton reference. So you I'm got sorry. the WWE and the WWF, but you missed my Hamilton, the room where it happened reference. I, uh, I see how, I, and I thought you were the cultured one. I see. Sometimes I, sometimes I, I just pretend well. Well, you do a good job of that. Um, yeah, <laughs> it, it's interesting to me, though, the conversation being a lot of times we get into, uh, especially over the last few years, political debates, and it's either one party's fault or the other. It's interesting, based on your research, that uh, if you want to call it blame or responsibility, it seems to me like it's been pretty well shared. And I'm glad, right, that they could work together to figure out a solution, and it's not one party or the other kind of ramming through some sort of um, change. It, it is, a, a, I guess at the time, whoever's elected working together to try to figure out how to keep things solvent. And going back to our last episode, that's a big thing. We want to make sure, we talked about it earlier, that it's going to be solvent. And those are some of the ways so far that they have made small adjustments to be able to get that. And, uh, you know, I think it's fair to assume they'll continue to do that, don't you? Yeah, and it's you know, certainly different. Just look at the stimulus bill that was just passed. And really, I don't think, I'm not sure any Republicans voted for it. So there's no way that you could even come close to calling that bipartisan. But, you know, back in the day, people used to work together and make concessions and, you know, work together and get things done. And uh, 
not saying that's where we need to go back to, but that's probably where we need to go back to if we want to come back to a more of a, a reasonable place where people talk and work together. The party of Reagan you know, started taxing benefits, but which was the next political party that increased the tax rate in the early 90s? Do you remember? Well, I think you touched on it. It was President Clinton. Yeah. Uh, President Clinton signed that bill into law in August of 93. And uh, again, that was the first, uh, or I guess you could look at it as the second, right? Reagan uh, in the 80s signed in the taxation up to 50%. And then Clinton in 93 signed it into law that you could take that extra portion or you could apply taxes to an additional amount. So it, it certainly has been one of those things. John, one of the other things that I hear a lot, and so I'm going to ask you, fact or myth, can immigrants take Social Security payments? It is decidedly a myth. You know, the only way you can collect Social Security benefits is that you have to have been able to pay into the system. You can't have one without the other. Now, there is uh, some confusion around Social Security benefits and SSI, which is an acronym for Supplemental Security Income. And so SSI is actually a welfare program, and you don't have to have contributed to that to receive funds. And this was an initiative of the Nixon administration back in the 70s. So it even predates any of that taxation change that we were talking about earlier on Social Security benefits. But, you know, it's it's a myth. You got to pay in to receive money in this system. It's a pay-as-you-go system. And so that's something we can put to bed hopefully here today and, and get rid of that one too. Well, it's easy to get confused with all the government acronyms. So I, I can certainly see how people would be confused by that. But like we talked about, going back to, I think, our episode three or four weeks ago, your social security is based on what you put in and for how long. And again, if you, you can't, it's like an ATM machine. You can't take out something that you didn't put in. So I think that that is, uh, that's a good point and, and really good clarification, John, because I think that anytime we see SS together, when it relates to income, here in America, we assume that means Social Security. So when you know they name that SSI, it's easy to see how people could get wrapped up. John, I appreciate you busting all these myths today, man. You were fantastic, as always. You know, I had good help. But uh, if there was a myth about you, Chipmun, that you wanted to bust here on air today, what would that myth be that you would bust? It would probably be, John, that I'm on a diet. Uh, <laughs> you know, I will bust that myth this afternoon. I think that that is probably a number one. Uh, there have been lots of myths about me over the years. Uh, we'll keep those off the air. But uh, how about you? One myth about John Tate that you want to go ahead and get clear, dispel it right now. That I've always been, and forever in my life, that I've always been this cool to be on a radio show. I can promise you that is a myth and that people have not always wanted to listen to me talk because I've not always had intelligent things to say, but maybe that's changed. Maybe business experience and being part of Signature has changed that for the better. I'd like to think it's the company. Uh, I mean, really, I, th I think you get the best answers when you ask the best questions and, and that's my job. So I'm glad to know that your friends think you, you're cool now. And I would like to think that in any way I help contribute to that. 
John, have an awesome week. I will catch you next Friday. You do the same. We'll see you then. Here we have it. Another great episode. If you'd like to continue the conversation, here are four ways that we can help. First, complete the Retirement Success Scorecard to discover whether or not you're on track to a successful retirement on your terms. You can find this at signaturewealth.com scorecard. Second, get a complimentary copy of my book, The Retirement Remix. Whether you're interested in real-life retirement stories and inspiration from others like you, or you want to learn more about Medicare and Social Security, it's all in there. Go to theretirementremix.com to grab your copy. Third, listen in on bi-weekly office hours with our team. We host live virtual office hours to share new investment and planning information and answer your money, markets, and retirement questions. Find the details to join us at signaturewealth.com slash office hours. And fourth, schedule a complimentary strategy call with one of our advisors to make sure you're on track toward your ideal retirement. Go to signaturewealth.com and select the Signature Wealth office closest to you. We'll be back here next week for more on the Retirement Remix. Be sure to subscribe on iTunes or anywhere you listen to podcasts so you never miss an episode.